What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to Brunch with Desby. I'm your host, Des, also known as Desby. And today, the B is for... I honestly don't even know, because if you guys cannot tell, I have another head cold. I had one like a few months ago um, that lasted for probably seven to nine days, where it was just like constant, like what is it? Like snotty nose slash exactly that, right? Sniffles. You're just kind of like uncomfortable, um, kind of like watery eyes, you know, all of that stuff. So that's how I feel right now. Um, I'm so frustrated because I feel like I was just hitting a stride and then here I am knocked on my ass. So if any of you guys are with me, tis the season. So I wanted to do a podcast this week and I was like, wow, this is going to be really annoying for some of my listeners to hear me just have a sniff, like sniffly nose, but there's no other way for me to do it because I know that it is not going to go away and I have to get my podcast recorded. So bear with me today. The sponsor, this is not sponsored by Kleenex. Um, no really housekeeping stuff. Um, honestly, just if you guys listened to last week's episode and like the week before, I mean, there's just been a lot going on, a lot on my mind, a lot on my plate. Um, honestly, if you guys just have a second today, I would just appreciate you keeping me in your thoughts and prayers, um, keeping me and my family even just, there's just so much going on and all very normal, like life stuff, but it just feels like it's happening to all of us right now right? Like there's no like space in between. And so it's just been really frustrating because I feel like I've not been able to come up for air, so to speak. And it's just, it's very debilitating almost, right? Like you go day to day, you're like, oh, what fucking now? Right? Like it's, it's a terrible mindset to be in, but it's just been really hard for me to find peace and relaxation and, and like, I need that right now. I need to recharge in some way. So I'm just trying to navigate that. So if you're someone out there who's going through the same thing, just like feeling extremely overwhelmed, just remember, like keep showing up. And it's so easy to say, but you have to act on it. Um, it doesn't have to be balls of the wall. It doesn't have to be completing all your workouts. It doesn't have to be doing all your cardio. It's doing whatever makes you feel good in this time, in this moment, knowing that showing up is going to look different in different parts of life on different days and different weeks and everything in between. So, um, anyways, just a reminder that, you know, we're all human and I I'm pretty vulnerable on social media and I've been very vulnerable about, you know, post breastfeeding and just kind of in this new part of life with Maddox, you know, he's now one and he's, he's doing so much more. It's crazy. Every, every day he's doing something new. He's actually babbling a lot now, like a lot more, but like intentionally, like you can tell he's trying to speak. Um, and he literally says mama, like mama now, mama, 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 mama. And, uh, what else? He says, baby. It sounds like he says, baby, baby. Um, it's just, it's so cute. And so there's so many beautiful things in life right now, but it's also just such a new journey. And it's just, there's just a lot. (laughs) Ah, so just keep me in your thoughts and your prayers as I keep all of you guys in mind. Um, but I mean, really the only housekeeping thing, number one, you know, join my Patreon if you want. Um, and the only other thing I would say is just, you know, link in bio. <laughs> like if you guys are looking for a plan, if you missed out for fit for life, four weeks for gains is coming up on black Friday weekend. Um, that's really the next like $48 program to keep your eyes out for 48 hours, $48. Um, and then outside of that, like just, you know, one-on-one coaching, I have spots open. Um, our coaches are taking on clients as well. It's just kind of like that time of year where there's not like a challenge. There's not like programs being dispersed. It's just the time of year where it's like, let's gear up for holidays. Let's enjoy the holiday season and then get back to it in 2022, which is really crazy to say out loud. So without further ado, um, oh, I meant to tell you guys, I did get a new therapist. Um, I ended up switching on my better help 
I ended up switching on my better help, like my therapist, not because the girl that I had was like bad or anything. I just like, I'd been working with her, um, for man, it would have been like nine months. And, um, I was just ready for just like a different outlook. And I think that that's okay. Um, but she, she would just was like, I don't know. I feel like I had vented to her in the way that I needed. And so I just wanted a different perspective. Um, and for me, like that, like I'm okay with change. Some people aren't, but I am. So I got a new therapist, but the one thing that sucks, um, is that, uh, it just kind of sucks because, um, I got hooked up with a new, um, therapist. And the thing that sucks is because I'm moving to Michigan, she is not licensed in Michigan. So even though we're online, it's not the same. So I now have to find a new therapist that can help me as I move to Michigan. So it, it just kind of sucks. Um, but you know, it's, it's good because she was very open with me from the start. They're like, Hey, I'm not licensed in Michigan. So if we want to continue this journey, like, cool, but when are you moving? Um, and so I was like, oh, this won't work. So that was nice. I didn't like open up to her at all or anything, so to speak, but, um, we'll get back to that. So if you guys are looking for any form of therapy, you you guys know that I am sponsored quote by BetterHelp. This is an online teletherapy, um, app. You're able to go on there, communicate with your counselor one-on-one. And there's quite a few different tiers of program options, um, that can work for you financially. So, if you go to their website, www.betterhelp.com slash Desby, or you go to check out sign up and you use code Desby, not only do you directly support me in this podcast, but you also get 10% off your first month. So um, BetterHelp has just been very helpful for me. I have not been in the position to be able to leave my house for like an actual therapy appointment. I'd have to then find a babysitter or take Maddox to daycare or whatever it might've been. And that just sounds like a lot more hassle to me than it would be relaxing. And I find really good help with better help right in the comfort of my own home. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right, you guys. So like I said, I do have this stuffy duffy nose. So just bear with me. Okay. Um, I'm doing just like a nice little podcast today. I was excited on my sunscreen and sarcasm account. I asked people, you know, what advice do you need? I love doing advice podcasts because listen, I'm not, sometimes I give better advice than I take myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we're all like that. Sometimes we can dish better advice than what we would like actually do sometimes ourselves. However, I will also say a lot of the times if I was in the same situations, I would probably do what I give, like what I tell you guys. So, um, this is all unbiased. This is just girl to girl, girlfriend to girlfriend, sis. We're here chatting. We're here communicating. I'm giving you some ideas, maybe a little bit of feedback, also sharing my experience. And it's just important to remember that we all are still different. We all have different opinions, different childhoods that then result in different opinions or different experiences or different outlooks, et cetera. And and that's all beautiful. So I'm not here to say that this advice, take it or fucking leave it, bitch. But at the same time, take it or leave it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I had quite a few of like the same ones reoccurring about just like baby led weaning, feeding, feeding babies, et cetera. So we'll get to a lot of those, but there's a lot of really good, um, questions or I'm sorry, like advice needed in general that I really liked. So, um, number one, this first person asks, do I leave my relationship of seven years? I haven't been happy in over six months. Now for this person, this one jumped out at me because seven years is a long fucking time. Like that's as long as Wyatt and I've been together to not be happy for six months out of seven years. I don't think is that point in time where you go up, I need to leave. I think it's important to try to work through things first or really identify the issue in the relationship, the issue. And, um, I don't want to say you, but, but what are you feeling? What, what is deep down going on? That's causing you to be unhappy. Is there 
other things in the, in the relationship, right? Like this is just a question box. This goes so deep, right? But I just don't think that mathematically even the percentage of time unhappy versus the other time that you've obviously been in bliss or happy or whatever. I don't think it's worth to just walk out on seven years because at the end of the day, there's going to be so many trials in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, husband, wife, 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 husband, husband, you know, vice versa. It's, there's always going to be trials and tribulations. And if you base a few months of, of working through some shit that your whole relationship then just sucks, that's just not the mentality you want to have. So my question for you would be to sit down and really figure out where the issue is. And is this something that could be fixed? Is this something that you could see then carrying into a future marriage? That's the question. Now, then the other part of me says, you know, you deserve to be happy, period. So no matter what, pinpoint whatever that is. But if it's something you're not willing to work through, something that you're mentally checked up, checked out on, then go chase your happiness. There's no amount of years that can take that away. Okay, so another question, and again, this is kind of like a a huge reoccurring one, Um, just kind of asking about um, tips for transitioning to solid foods for baby. Choking scares me. Um, Baby loves the boob. You know, looking looking to add more foods in um, for my baby. How do I do it? How did you do it? Baby led weaning, et cetera. So the biggest thing I can say is I did not start Maddox on even purees until he was, I think, nine months old. This is very delayed because I had to go off of him being a preemie. So introducing him to those at six months, I don't think he would have really understood understood physiologically how to like swallow a puree. Even though he was used to the boob, it's a thicker substance. It's just a little bit different. Now on a puree and stuff like that, they can't necessarily like choke, choke. It's going to go down. But when we're starting to transition from purees to like foods, you know, like puffs, stuff like that. I didn't even, I don't think gave him a puff until he was like 11 months old. (laughs) Like it was just, it was a lot for me because I was so worried and he didn't necessarily have so many teeth where I was like, how's he going to mash it? Number one, their jaws are so strong. There's babies that have no teeth that can eat fucking steak. Like they, they know how to chew. However, easing into things is very important. There's quite a few good Instagram accounts, feeding littles, um, solid starts, baby led weaning. I forgot the rest, but just type in baby led weaning and an account comes up. And so there's a lot of really good information out there that can help, but I will say that it's all about doing it at your own pace. For me, um, I didn't really start introducing food foods until probably, like I said, 11 and a half months old, eh, probably 11 months. Um, when we were at like a Mexican restaurant, I started giving him like a little bit of rice and like I would mash some beans. Um, I started giving him mac and cheese. Now here's what I did though. The first few weeks, I I guess maybe the first week I would literally put any food in my mouth that was like a little bit too big or what I was worried about. And I would literally chew it up and spit it out. Like I literally baby bird that shit. Okay. And it's kind of weird, but it gave him the opportunity to try different textures, try different food flavors and introduce it without the ability to like choke on them because I was mashing them down myself. Now, if I couldn't like spit it out, I would just mash it as much as I could with like a fork. I would even take a chopper, like a vegetable chopper and would chop up like his pancakes into like little bites, stuff like that. Um, But after a few days of just seeing how he was chewing and seeing that he was just doing a fantastic job, you just naturally get more comfortable. So, and now I just, I shove whatever the hell I want in his mouth. Like it's crazy. You just, you get confident and you know what your baby probably can and cannot do. Um, But I think that it's all about doing it at your own pace. At the end of the day, as long as they're not malnourished and they're eating, they're fine. Um, It is important for them to understand how to like use their mouth um, understand how to learn, how to chew, you know, stuff like that. But we all end up learning. So like, I'm not saying don't let them eat anything for two years, but they all end up learning. Look at us now, right? We eat whatever the hell we want. We're fine. Um, so I would just encourage you to like slow and steady, go into it. And it's all about what's comfortable for you too. Um, as a mom, next one. Oh, 
sorry, I was reading the one underneath. I was like, I just read that. Wanting to take time away to heal and venture in, in my car, but nine to five job drains me. So there's a lot of people that also submit a lot of things always about hating their jobs and wanting to go do something, right? Number one, I think that it's so important to always make sure that we're saving money in some facet, right? Like you have almost an emergency savings. That's one thing I always did growing up. Even when I just worked at like a shitty grocery store, I would always take like, even if it was $50 a week and put it into like a quote emergency savings. I might've only had like 500 bucks in there, but if anything ever gone went wrong with like my car or I was in a position where I was like, oh my God, I have no money for gas, something like that. I could transfer that money and I had that. Having an emergency savings of that sort gives you the opportunity to then be able to leave a job and do what you want for X amount of time if you plan for it. Or like if you have, like I said, like that emergency place for it. (laughs) So I do think that we have to be realistic in the idea of, okay, we still need to live. We still need to pay bills. However, we're all way too young to just settle down forever right now in our 20s, even our 30s. The average age of like a CEO that's like high ranking is in their fifties. A lot of people don't step into like their actual, like best self, meaning like, I I mean more so in their business, financially in their jobs until they're like in their fifties, mid, maybe late forties, all fifties. Like we have this weird societal expectation that in our twenties, even in our thirties that we're supposed to have everything figured out. Go do what you can while we still can you know, do what you can while you don't have kids, while you don't have grandkids, while you don't have a mortgage. You know, some of you maybe like don't have a a huge car payment, you know, whatever that looks like, do it while you can. So I'm a huge encourager of like going and just making a big move and taking a risk, calculated risk. I'm also realistic. So I understand that there's a few things that need to go into those decisions. However, I will say, go for it. That's all I'm saying. You don't deserve to be miserable every single fucking day in a job where they would replace you in a drop of a hat if they had to. Welcome to corporate America. (laughs) My mother-in-law absolutely hates me. My husband and I found out. She said she hopes we don't have any more kids. Now we don't know if we want her in our life. What do you think? Number one, hold on, I need some water. Mother-in-laws are so difficult. Um, like that that relationship is difficult because as much as you see them, maybe not in your situation, but in most relationships, you see them as like your second mom. They're like your second mom that's known you, not even a, a fucking fraction of your life. So there's still that like extreme disconnect of like, you know me, but you don't know me. So there's, there's always going to be that, that border and that line that moms and mother-in-laws need to respect, which I think some in most do in your situation. It's very sad to hear that she had said such a negative thing. And I think as a husband, that's when he, you know, chooses his wife and it just goes to show that blood, blood doesn't mean anything, you know? If he, if your husband loves you and, you know, you guys love each other and respect each other and you're your new, you're your own family, that is so toxic for a mom to insert herself like that and, and pull such a rift in between her and her own son. Um, I think it's something that you need, maybe you guys all need to sit down and chat with each other. However, if you feel like that's not going to negate into any positives, it's one of those things where maybe you just ghost for a little bit do your own thing, revisit it when you guys are ready and you feel like all parties are mature enough to discuss it. Um, I don't think it's something that you should go unsaid, but you would hate for it to kind of muster up inside and then explode in a way that it could have been handled better. Um, however, I will say, I don't think that you're wrong for not wanting her in your life. I think that that's extremely, that would be hard for me to like let her around my kids that I do have right? Like what the fuck? Um, so I don't think you're in the wrong with that at all. Um, 
keeping the spark alive and not just with and not just roommates with my husband. He's hot, hot, but mama is tired. That is so hard. I had someone else saying, saying that they were nine months postpartum and had had sex with their husband only three times, you know, help SOS. I will say in my experience postpartum, and I've been very open about this. It was very hard for me to find myself sexually aroused again, like just off the cuff. Like I didn't just sit in my bedroom and go, "Mm, I'm horny. Like that was hard for me to tap into. It wasn't until we started getting into the act that I would be like, okay, like I'm ready to do this. Does that make sense? So I do say, I will say, um, postpartum being a mom in general, this isn't even just like newborn. This is just being a mom, being a wife and then being a a worker, whatever you're doing. Like it's, there's a lot going on. Um, I feel like a lot of it comes down to communication, um, and finding different ways to express love that don't always have to be intimate. I think we think, oh, the only way that we can show love, the only way that my husband's going to know that I love him, the only way that I can show my husband I love him is through sex, through penetration, through, you know what I mean? Through intimate moments, whatever that is. And I think that there's so many other ways that we can physically without having to take it to the point where maybe we're uncomfortable or we're not ready for it yet. And that can be just holding hands and cuddling on the couch. That can be words of affirmation. That can be, um, you know, literally just a long hug. That can be just kissing, just making out without without needing to go further, you know? And so I think that being able to just chat about that and be open with that allows them as husbands or significant others to feel a little bit more stable. Like, okay, quote, it's not me. Um, There's just a lot going on. And I think the more that I was able to be open about that to Wyatt, the more he understood. And it's sad because like Wyatt's love language is physical, physical touch. And there's days where I would like cry because I'm like, why, why can't I want to have sex? Like I miss wanting to have sex. Like I, I miss the craving sex, right? Like I'm like, what's wrong with me? There's so much going on. There's so much going on. I mean, woman to woman every day, nonetheless, add in postpartum hormones and other hormones going on. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. So I think just keeping that communication open, allowing other forms of intimacy to show love and not just physical intimacy, um, can be very important. I hope that that makes sense. Um, but just know that you're also not, you're not wrong for that and you're not weird for that. Feeling overwhelmed from social media lately, but almost feel addicted help. I feel the same way. I think a lot of it sucks too. I mean, not sucks in the best way possible. I, social media is my job. You know what I mean? Like in order for me to continue growing my business, for the most part, I got to be on social media. You know, I got to be present. I got to be sharing stuff. I got to be messaging. I got to be emailing, you know, all this stuff. So it sucks to be a part of something where I can't have that break that maybe others can take, if that makes sense. So I think social media though is also very addicting because if you're off it for too long, you feel like you have FOMO. Like if I don't post a story before 10 AM, I feel behind. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, no one's going to care about me today. And it's, that's so stupid, but that's just how social media makes you feel. And I think that's the part of why social media continues to succeed is because that's what they make you, that's what they want you to feel. So it is really uncomfy to feel that sense of like addiction to it. I think limiting screen time is very powerful. I think being aware of what you're doing on social media is very powerful. So like if I go on my social media and I find myself just scroll, like starting to scroll or I find myself just rewatching my Instagram stories, you know, whatever it might be, I'm like, okay, I don't need to be on here. You know what I mean? If I'm just scrolling, I don't need to be on here. So I close out my app and I put down my phone. Um, so I think just being aware of what you're using social media for and when you start doing that, that will be 
that will set you apart, right? Because you can like X yourself out. Um, but that that is social media. It is, it is addicting. Um, and it's very frustrating because you wish you could turn it off in your head and and you can't. But that's also like how our society is nowadays. Like we're in a digital age. And it's it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. Um, okay, this was a great one. So I know no face wipes, but is that better than doing nothing? I have mental health issues and sometimes washing my face is a hurdle, but a wipe I can usually manage. Now I do 100% understand where this could be. I feel like I would rather someone take the makeup off their face. I'd rather someone take everything off their face than leave it on and like go to sleep. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I feel like I would maybe make it a goal to have, you know, using wipes only like three times a week, right? Something like that. Now, however, I do respect mental health and I know how hard it can be to even tie your fucking shoes. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, you need to wash your face, bitch. Like I would never just make you do that. Um, but I think it's important to maybe try to make a goal, maybe make a goal because taking your makeup off with like a, a melting balm, melting oil, it feels good. It feels so good on your face. So I will say that, um, it could be a good goal for you to do. However, I would rather any of you take everything off your face than to not full-time student working full-time taking care of my family. I am burnt out. Number one to this person. I see you. I couldn't imagine the stress of that. Um, being a primary caregiver as well as trying to primarily take care of yourself. It's not always a one-way street. I feel like in some situations, there's nothing you can do, right? I get that. Sometimes it's like, this is just my life right now and I have to figure it out and I have to navigate it. But depending on the situation, if there's any boundaries you can put up, you know, you're mentioning being a full-time um, caregiver, like care, taking care of your family. Are there boundaries you can put up? You know, hey, um, I can't do that tonight. I need two hours to myself. Or, you know, hey, can I do it in two hours? Like I need these first two hours to just take care of me today. Like what kind of boundaries can be set if there's any? Now, again, I understand that in some situations there are no boundaries because you can't have any right now. And that's just your situation and that's life right now. Um, so just keep showing up. Find a way to balance your self-care with all that you have going on. Even if it's just 10 minutes, waking up 10 extra minutes and just sitting in bed and just taking deep breaths and just realizing, hey, I can make it through another day. Sometimes that's all it takes and sometimes it's all you have in terms of you know time. But I do think that remembering a lot of things in life are just seasons can help you get through the other seasons. Um, but I definitely, I, like I said, I, I couldn't imagine. And these are all just like little 40 character text boxes. You know, I know that I'm not going to know the depths of what's going on from these small enter entrances. However, I hope that I can provide some sort of clarity. Um, okay. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> People asking when trying for baby number two, but still struggling mentally from baby number one in the NICU. And again, I feel you here. Um, NICU trauma is so interesting because everyone has a different NICU experience to where it's like, everyone walks out in a different way. I would say, number one, we just need to stop asking people when they're having another baby. Why is that still even a fucking question? I just don't, I cannot comprehend it. I do not understand. After everything we've learned and what we've normalized the past couple years even like what we've really normalized like miscarriages people simply not wanting kids abortions etc like everything we've normalized why is it still a question so I feel like if someone ever asked me that like in person when you guys trying for number two I would simply educate them 
on why to not ask that question. You know, hi, like that's, it's really, I understand what you're trying to do by asking. And I understand it can sometimes be a conversation filler, but after the extreme trauma that I've gone through, I choose not to disclose that information. And I think with the trauma that many other women go through, or you don't know what they're going through in fertility, et cetera. I just don't think that's a question you should be asking women anymore. I know it was once very normalized to ask, but it's not period. Thank you so much. So you guys might not be able to tell at all. You might be able to, but I think I sound a little better right now. But what you might not be able to notice is the fact that I literally stopped recording yesterday and I went ahead and laid down the rest of the day. So this is actually the next day. <laughs> it's now Thursday. Um, and I was supposed to have this recorded yesterday. And now I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, I like might have sounded miserable yesterday. Like, I hope that it's still a decent episode. I feel terrible, but I was so tired yesterday and I do not think that I was in a position where I should have recorded the beginning, but now I'm like way too far in to this episode where I'm like, I can't just like start over. So now... I kind of feel bad, but now you guys can understand, hey, life happens and this is simply where we're at sometimes. You know what I mean? So I apologize, um, but here we are and we're, we're going to have a, a great day. Okay. So anyways, um, here's a few more that I wanted to go through while we're finishing up this um we're finishing up this episode. So, okay. Anyways, <laughs> is it normal to get into a fight and tell, and your significant other tell you they don't care. They don't want to have a conversation. Um, I, I don't think that it's normal. I know that I've gotten in a few like tiffs with Wyatt where maybe we're just discussing something and it's like, Hey, like, okay. I get like, we get it. The conversation's over to where I'm like, Hey, Okay. Let, let's just move on. Like I say something of that verbiage, like, Hey, all right, cool. Conversation's over. Let's not bring it up again. We're all good. We were on the wrong page and now we're good. You know, like I say stuff like that, but to like flat out, just be like, Hey, I don't care like that. Like, I feel like that's a little bit wrong. So I feel like it very much depends on how the conversation is set up. You know, you said maybe they don't want to have the conversation. I feel like if they look at you and tell you like, Hey, I'm not in a position to have this conversation and like be into it and really like listen and talk. Can we resume this later? You know, I I can understand that because I know sometimes I'm not in a mental space to like have a full-blown conversation of some sort. Um, so I feel like it just very much depends. Fair advice on how to stay patient, looking for a house 4.5 months of trying to buy. This kills me because I know how crazy the market is right now. And Wyatt and I got so lucky with the home that we bought. Um, it was on the market for like two and a half, almost three months. And it, we were like an offer and they countered and we still got it under asking price. Um, so we got very lucky, like in our situation. However, I will say our current home, I'll let you guys in on a little secret. We listed it and then it sold within a day. All right. We signed the contract. We're contingent. They have their inspection set up. We're ready to fucking go. And literally as of yesterday, they pulled out. So we had to relist our house and it's on the market again. We have quite a few showings um, coming up, but we missed three days of showings um, and more. So it just, it's really hard right now in the market to stay patient selling as well as buying. Selling, I feel like, yes, is going a little bit better, quote, but it's still, it's the process. The process of finding a home, selling a home, et cetera, it's hard. It's so hard. So I'm sending you a lot of energy. The one thing I will say with our first home, the one that we're living in right now, Wyatt and I were extremely rushed into buying it. His parents got divorced out of nowhere. We moved home. And within us, within the, the month of us moving home, we found out they were selling their house. So neither of them were going to live in that home anymore, right? 
So this place that we thought that we could call home for, you know, six, seven, eight months while we house hunt, we were forced out of. We then found a little rental home we were able to get for like a thousand dollars a month. It was the smallest little home. I swear to God, our apartments were bigger than it, but it worked. So we were in there. We were so uncomfortable. We were determined to find a home and we did find a home. However, we were so rushed and I don't think we really had a check mark other than needing a fenced in yard for the dogs. Like we didn't really know what else we wanted. And so we rushed into this home and after being in it, there's so many things that don't fit what we need or what we like. We were just high on adrenaline and like we got an offer and we just, we went for it. Right. So for you, keeping that patience, be picky. Like, what do you want in a home? Use this time to really distinguish characteristics you want in a house. Like for me, our next home, um, it's, it kind of fell into this, but also it kind of didn't, it's confusing, but I really wanted a side garage. I was tired of having weird fuckers pass by my house and see into my garage when I was working out. Like that bothered me. So that was one thing that I knew that I really wanted was a side garage. Um, I knew I wanted an open kitchen into the living room in some facet. Um, So it's like stuff like that. Be picky, stay patient, know that the right home is going to find you and you guys will find it. Um, Day 42 in the NICU, how did you do it? Uh, I think we were in there for 41 days, 40, 40, 30, wait, 48 days. I don't remember now. What? I just know we were in there for six weeks. <laughs> um, so I, uh, it's so hard because when you leave the NICU, so to this mama, when that time happens for you and you leave, it's, it's going to be like an odd thing that you miss. And it's a very weird, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) That's a terrible kind of like a side-by-side, but like you guys understand what I'm trying to say. It's like you're, you're such a victim to this, this place, the NICU, but you also then miss it. And it was like home for you. Um, so the one thing that kept me sane in the NICU was knowing that if anything were to ever go wrong, that was the place I wanted it to go wrong in, right? You have a, a room full of people who are going to go right into action to do whatever they needed to do for your baby if that ever happened. So just find peace in there, continue to learn in there, learn all of the terminology, learn how preemies work, learn, learn or, you know, whatever the situation is in the NICU, it does, it's not just preemie babies, but learn and just soak in that time. And when you're in the NICU, it's also this weird time when you're like out of reality this is the only time where you'll be able to like really sit down and only have one thing to think of and look at. And that's just like your baby. When you start, when you bring them home, you're, you're sitting with your baby, but then you're looking at the laundry on the floor. You're looking at the dirty, the dirty house. You're looking at the things that you have to do all day and and it's stressful. So awkwardly sink into this time. Um, okay. Next one. My parents' divorce was finalized last week and we found out yesterday that my grandma's dying. When it rains, it pours. I'm having a hard time going on about daily with life, work, et cetera, and everything going on. (sighs) Sorry, I have my coffee. I, ew, sorry that I'm like sniffling. Like I, I'm literally naturally doing that. I apologize. (laughs) That's so gross. Oh, ew. Okay, so very hard. Divorce is awkward, but I think it's more awkward when you're older, seeing Wyatt go through divorce at 24 years old. And then thinking of how I went through it at 14, not even, holy shit, I was like 10. Very different, very different maturity wise, very different life wise, very different. So my heart goes out to you finding out then, you know, your grandma's passing and, and that mentality when it rains, it pours. I'm with you. I've said it multiple times, even myself, like, oh fuck, when it rains, it pours. Of course, of course me. I found myself saying that yesterday when the offer pulled out on the house, I literally looked at Wyatt and I said like, I don't want to say it like this, but of course to us, of course us. And then I thought in that moment, what a fucking terrible mental outlook to have. And 
So for you, you know, when it rains, it pours. Think of life happening for you and not to you. And I know, again, it's very woo-woo sometimes, but when you start with a little thought in your mind mentally, it's amazing how it can manifest into like a lifestyle, a new way of living, a mantra. So how hard it is going through day to day, I can only imagine. But I feel like if you at least try to actively switch that switch that switch in your mind and say, you know what? No, it's not raining and pouring, but maybe think of it as like a, a rainbow is going to come after this storm. So sure, validate it. Admit that you're in a storm right now, but after that always comes a rainbow. There's always sun after a storm. There's always a new day after a rainy day, right? So I feel like changing that little bit of mindset might help you free up that mental space to get through day to day and quote, keep fucking showing up end quote. Uh, My heart is with you though. Your feelings are valid. Your emotions are valid, but those are small things that you can maybe just twist a smidgen to feel better. How do you politely say, I'm overstimulated, you can't come see the baby? Oh, I just felt this in my fucking soul. Now, I went through a very different experience because we were very much on hard lockdown quarantine for probably the first eight months of his life. No one really came over. And because of him being in the NICU, being preemie with COVID, with flu season, RSV, everything, people were very if anything, they were standoffish to come over because they, they wouldn't want to put us in a bad situation. So I can't say I had the direct, like, can I come over? Cause I wasn't in a normal situation, but even to this day right now, like when people want to come over or spend the night, it just, it throws me off and it gets me stressed because I'm like, Oh fuck. Well, I got to put Maddox down still at seven and I got to do this. And I, it throws off my limbo. Right. So I feel like the, the, right thing to say right now. And I mean, you said it right now, you know, Hey, I'm overstimulated. You know, I feel like it's best though, to be like, think like, again, tell them like, Hey, thank you for asking. This is if they're asking, right? Hey, do you mind if I swing over to see the baby? Can you say hi? Like, Oh my gosh, I appreciate you so much for asking. I'm going to have to decline today. Um, I'm feeling very overstimulated and I think sticking in my routine will allow me to take better care of myself today. Can we reschedule or can we plan another day for now? Therefore, you're not shutting them out completely, but you are explaining, hey, today is not gonna fucking work, okay? Let's rain check it. And you don't even have to tell them, let's pick another day right now. Just say, let me reach out or can you reach out another day? Like, let's try to set it up again. And I feel like that's that's all you need to fucking say. Um, okay, let's see, a few more. Can you guys tell I'm feeling better? I feel terrible. I'm so scared that yesterday's part of the podcast sucked, but I'm sorry. I was just trying to show up for you guys, trying to get it, (laughs) trying to get it like recorded. And I think you could just, you could probably tell I was just so dazed and confused and that was so stressed. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. A few more, um, Oh, here, this is a good, like quick mom one. I want to up my supply because my baby's always hungry help. Um, so upping your supplies very, I feel like it's very hard. Um, one thing I actually used a lot, it was called milky mama. So milky mama, M-A-M-A.com. They had these brownies, these milk lactation brownies. First off, fucking delicious. Second off, I really think that they help with my supply. Okay. I don't believe in a lot of that shit, but I think that those really fucking helped. Um, Those help, number one. But number two, I feel like a lot of things that people just overlook is literally staying hydrated. Like drink your fucking water. It's crazy how much water can impact supply. And I know that we know it, but do we know it? (laughs) So definitely make sure you do that. And if you have to, like if your baby's hungry, 
supplement a little bit with formula or, or pump, try to pump extra, um, maybe through the night. Like if they're sleeping through the night, you get up and fucking pump, you know, like, so you have extra milk for them. However you personally want, um, to kind of formulate it. But if you're, if you're telling, if you're being able to tell that they're hungry, definitely continue to feed them, you know, um, but they're getting so much out of your breast. I would be curious if you like, Make sure you let them feed until they are done. Um, one of the reflexes that I think you can tell is when they're hungry, they'll keep their fists um, balled up. And when they're not hungry anymore, their hands will open. That's a really good telltale sign um, as babies get hungry and whatnot. So that's one place to be. Um, but yeah, if you have to supplement, then supplement, you know? Okay. Two more. Um, best, my best friend is pregnant and my ex friends, her other BFFs have been calling her stupid and yelling at her to get an abortion. I think she wants to keep it. How do I support? I can't believe that there's women out there that will tell other women that they need to get an abortion. Now I am, I am pro-choice, but I'm pro make your own fucking choice and shut the fuck up if it's not your body. I don't care if it's woman to woman or not. If we're not going to let a man tell us what to do with our bodies, then guess what? We also don't need to allow a woman to tell us what to do with our bodies because at the end of the day, it's fucking up to us what we want to do with our bodies, period. Like I, I couldn't even imagine having someone try to tell me like a woman telling me that I'm not ready or, you know, whatever the verbiage might be. You're not ready. You need to have an abortion or like, you're stupid. You need to have an abortion. What the fuck? That, that fucking pisses me off. I'm getting riled up even thinking about it because there is just no reason someone should be telling someone else that when it's not their body. Oh, that pisses me off. So I feel like the only thing that you can do is support your friend in whatever her decision can be or is and make sure you tell her that, Hey, I just want to let you know, I know there's a lot of people in your ear right now and it's not their business. And I just want to let you know, I'm here to support you in whatever you need, want and whatever you do. Period. Just extend your support, leave it there. And there we go. Okay. Last one. Okay. First off, we did get an update from someone that said, remember my comment yesterday? Well, I quit my job. Thanks, Des B. I love that I can uh, encourage you guys to quit. <laughs> That's terrible. But guys, we, we're way too young to live unhappily. Bitch, I'd rather be happy with a fucking smile on my face, serving drinks at fucking Starbucks than sitting in a shit ass corporate job being treated like a fucking piece of shit, Okay. And again, I know at the end of the day, we all have to take care of ourselves financially and the money between those two jobs are very different. But my point is, is that sometimes there's just seasons where you have to do what's best for you. And if that means taking a hit financially and maybe not being able to go get your nails done every three weeks, but, but you get to, but you want to wake up every fucking day and you want to get out of bed every day. I I would give up getting my fucking nails done to want to wake up every day and be in a good mindset, right? Okay, last one I want to say, someone asked, how did Wyatt like your book? So if you guys didn't know, I went and got um, Boudoir, is that how we say it? Did we decide how we want to fucking pronounce it? Boudoir photos done um, back in July. And I made Wyatt a book. I ended up sending this shit to Shutterfly. So I'm like, man, whoever made my book, you're fucking welcome. Okay. Whoever printed my book and got to see those pics, you're welcome. Luckily there wasn't like a lot going on, but enough to where it was like, Ooh, Ooh, you got to see that. Um, (laughs) so, um, however, it went really good. He actually opened it. Um, and I started to cry. (laughs) I'm such a pussy. Number one. Um, like I just cry at the drop of a hat, but I think I was just so overwhelmed with number one. I was out of my comfort zone 
Number two, I, I was almost like proud of myself for like giving that to him. (laughs) And then I was also just proud of like my body. Like, I feel like I'm just so much in a different mindset of like my body and being like proud. Um, so yeah, anyways, point is I cried. And then when he opened it, he was like, oh my God, wait, is it, he's like, is this, oh my God, this is you. And I, and he was like, wait, like, I love this. Like, this is such a unique, special idea. And I was like, well, it's not really unique. Um, I've seen a lot of people do it. Um, I was like, but I just, I wanted you to have something to like, look at and you know, whatever. And so he ended up really, really liking it. Um, definitely he kept, he kept it open by his bedside all night and he would like mess with me where he'd like look at me and then he'd look over and just pretend like he was daydreaming, like looking at the book. Um, and then we actually had a house showing the next day and he was like, Ooh, I got to make sure I hide your book. I was like, yeah, can you imagine leaving that out in the open for like someone viewing our house to see? I would literally die. I would die the quickest death of embarrassment ever literally fucking ever. I'd be, see ya, like literally RIP. I gotta go. Um, but yeah, so it went really good. Um, he loved it. Highly recommend anyone, um, who maybe is in the same situation where it's like, you want to do like something different. Um, I would highly recommend the getting like a boudoir shoot and, um, like making it into a book very, very, very special. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's it. Um, like I said, I don't think there's any other really like, uh, updates to give you guys. Um, I don't think there's anything, um, new merch is available on my website. I think I'm, I might've told you guys that, um, but I'm really excited because it's, it's super cute. And we actually have a fall, um, like spooky bitch. That's kind of what we're calling it. A spooky bitch, um, launch. Sorry. I'm like already blanking a spooky bitch launch. We're planning on trying to drop that like October 1st. So stay tuned. Um, that would be super cute. Um, we're going to do, I think like beanies, maybe a backpack, um, hoodie, maybe something like that. So it'll be cute. It'll be nice, spooky, And then as always, we're probably going to do like a Christmas launch as well. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I love you guys again. I'm so sorry about yesterday. Sometimes, sometimes this is just how life goes and we're not always going to be feeling the best, looking the best, being the best. So I apologize, Um, but I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you guys rock. Um, And as always, send me over like anything that you want me to cover, any good podcast ideas. Um, If you want to do, ask me or tell me a secret, click the link in the description now so we can do maybe a secret podcast coming up. Those are always just fun to like shoot the shit and mess around with. But anyways, I love you guys. Have an amazing Sunday and I'll see you next week.